Welcome to Breakfast with Candles. Simply put, this is a podcast that explores John Hughes films. On this week's show, we discuss The Breakfast Club. Enjoy. Welcome, welcome, and welcome. Welcome to you, Jordan. Welcome to you, Luke. <laughs> and welcome to you listening at home. Thank you for joining us on the show. We have reached what is the semi-end, the penultimate end. Yeah, you can say that. What I can say for myself has been a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, man. It's been great. Um, gotten to watch a lot of good movies and share thoughts that were hopefully interesting. <laughs> For people out there, <laughs> please. But we at least had fun, so yeah. Hope Absolutely. you guys did as well. Yeah. Um, this week we were talking about what I can also say for myself is a movie that I've been looking forward to watching this entire show, and really is kind of the cornerstone for why I wanted to do this podcast. Part of the title of the show, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've I've really been looking forward to this one, so I'm excited to discuss it, Jordan. 1985, The Breakfast Club, written and directed by John Hughes, um, Emilio Estevez, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald. Probably if you're listening to this, you already know all these things, but yeah, I like to recap it. So, Anthony Michael Hall. I was thinking when I was writing down the notes for this, I think this is probably the most star-studded movie that we've watched. Yeah, I mean, here they are. It's the, the Brat Pack, right? That's what they're <laughs> right. best known for. Mm-hmm. I think it was coined during like a an interview or something, or like an article someone released. And this group of young people, I think Demi Moore and Rob Lowe were also involved, known as right. the Brat Pack. Yeah, I was reading something where um, they didn't really like that title, I guess, yeah. is what they were saying. But uh, I don't know. I think it's a ter- term of endearment. It is now. I think at the time it was like, look at these bratty stars. Coming up, you know, just uh, right. all high on their own stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then now it's like, oh, yeah, the Brat Pack. It's like, a, yeah, all right. This 80s, these yeah. 80s uh, actors and actresses that we love and and they're endeared towards, you know, so. Yeah. I always, yeah, that's been something like, I feel like it's been an ongoing theme with this podcast. I, I struggle with how much of this is me looking back retrospectively and just enjoying things that are old and of, of a different age that. You know, I have a, a lot of endearment too, and how much is actually well? This is actually really good quality entertainment. So, you know, it's hard for me to speak for anyone else except myself, but I obviously enjoy it. And yeah, I think some of that is me just being nostalgic. Well, I think even like people like it's funny you see that even people who weren't around in the '80s, which even us, this yeah. was before we yeah. were born. Yeah. When this movie came out, not to give away <laughs> we our were age, barely, barely living in this decade. It's a twinkle in our daddy's eye, yeah. but like. Even like people who weren't even alive in the '80s, like my wife, she was she's a '90s baby, like th- fluidly. She was born in the '90s. She's '90s. Even them, they have an built-in nostalgia for some reason for the '80s. But these movies weren't that old too when we were kind of growing up. So no, it's that's like true. A lot of these movies were like commonly watched. I mean. It's like kids now watching, you know, movies in the mid two thousands, like Iron Man. Yeah, one, exactly. For instance. Exactly. Yeah. If you were it's born, true. if you were born, let's say in two thousand ten or something, you know, now you're nine years old. You know, Iron Man would be kind of like your Breakfast Club, which no, is no, Luke, I don't like talking so weird about to talk this, about, but. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well enough that it's something that was around before we were born. Yeah. But let's but not I, I bring say our life into it. it. it it's, it's understandable that people are nostalgic for things that were, yeah. you know, maybe 10 years before they were born. Still so. in the zeitgeist, you know, still, yeah. you know, in people's minds. It's the movies, heavily. yeah, people were talking about and watching at that point. So Yeah. yeah. So these had some interesting numbers for this movie. Oh, boy. So give me your guesses and then I'll reveal. All right. Uh, so talking budget. Budget, guess, yeah. Budget, uh, oh, man. Let's try, uh, how about uh, $8 million? $1 million. $1 million. That's what I, I was surprised I was, about. I was shooting so low. I was shooting as low yeah. as I could, but wow. I was saying you had a surprise coming. I, that, was, that is a surprise. Oh, my gosh. They said it was estimated, so... You know, I don't know how that's accurate it wild. is. Can you imagine? Even if it was somewhere near a million. I mean, that's that's incredible. I mean, that sort of stuff happens where a, a movie is built on like a shoestring budget and it just becomes this phenomenon. Like a movie like, say, like one of those like found footage movies like Blair Witch, something that made with nothing. But it looks yeah. like nothing, too, as well. It also looks right. like the budget. This is one of his better looking movies. So it's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to get into that a lot, my opinions on that. But, yeah, I think that does just simply put, it's like it shows, you know, why some decisions were probably better decisions for this movie. But, yeah, I'll talk about that more later. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I I would think, like, Emilio Estevez or um, Molly Ringwald might get that, you know, and just... Guest appearing in a TV show nowadays. Oh, definitely. It's crazy. And she has. This is a different world now. (laughs) Money is so different in movies. All right, so uh, gross. So gross right? U.S. Yeah, what do you think? Twenty million. Forty-five point oh, eight. Oh, what a hit! <laughs> what yeah, a I, hit! I can never remember what the other ones did, but man, it would be hard to imagine. Like, oh my gosh. you know, like comparatively, like how much it made. Dang, like that's crazy. That's wild. Yeah, that yeah. is. One million dollars. What a turnover! Forty-five times its budget. <laughs> like, it's pretty incredible, and it made fifty-one and a half worldwide. So, wow! I guess it got a little bit of release overseas. <laughs> it's a very American movie. <laughs> yeah, which really all his movies we've seen, like some of them didn't oh, even get releases. Yeah. A lot of them actually didn't even get releases overseas. Just try show, showing uh, sixteen candles in Asia. Yeah. <laughs> Just try it. Yeah. Oh boy. Probably not a good idea. No, I wouldn't suggest it. <laughs> Um, I was kind of looking through the uh, goofs and trivia, and there wasn't a lot interesting. I did kind of want to say, as kind of part of us like getting into the movie, I just thought it was really cool. It's something they say about is the David Bowie quote at the beginning. Okay. I just thought that was just kind of cool, and I'll read it here. It says, and these children that you spit on as they try to change their worlds are immune to your consultations. They are quite aware of what they are going through. Okay. So Yeah. I mean, yeah. Interesting quote. Yeah, I mean, it it you know fits along with a lot of the themes of yeah. the movie. We're, we're us kids, we're not as clueless as you think. We know what's going yeah. on. We see more than you think we do. And then yes, smash yeah. through the quote. <laughs> what an effect! And let's see how that plays out. Yeah, let's see how it works. <laughs> so yeah, um, we get. Don't you forget about me opening up, Jordan. I'm sure you appreciated that. Simple Minds. The Yeah. yeah it's, you know, even now, I mean, this is a really good song. I mean, it's that the, the from the heavy reverb vocals and it's just the really catchy melody and in the instrumentals. It's just fantastic. And it, it's, it's, uh, it's, 
it transports you really does to you know the 80s it's a very 80s song and just like everything oh yeah everything about it is 80s but it's also a good song though it's not just one of those songs like wow this sure sounds 80s like a lot of the music in like lost boys or yeah. something like that which like are they oh, good yeah. i don't know but they sure are 80s yeah. like this one's like oh this is actually a good song yeah and then of course david bowie <laughs> i would say his heyday was the 80s too so oh yeah you'd be quoting him around this time yeah. i think and I like the whole narration at the beginning, kind of talking about the same kind of themes about not looking down on the kids and seeing them as one dimensional and, you know, only yeah. seeing them for who they are, which it's like, to me, this whole opening narration is just every John Hughes movie, <laughs> like wrapped up into one quote, you know, yes. like one narration, because I mean, this is, this is how he wrote. I mean, it's been an ongoing theme of, you know, all these reviews we've given these movies and Mm-hmm. He loves to break down the stereotypes. You know, he, he loves to write to the stereotypes, but also like discuss like why maybe kids shouldn't be seen in that way. That's just, yeah. that seemed like it was a passion of his. So yeah, I really <laughs> I like yeah, this intro. They get it out early. And who's this talking here? I try to make out whose voice this is. I imagined it was... Uh, it sounded like Anthony Michael Hall to me. You but, would think because but, as we find out, he's going to be the one to write these words, okay. but... Uh, yeah, maybe it is. It's kind of that <laughs> in that cadence where like nobody really the dialogue. There's no dialogue like this in the movie, so that cadence yeah. was hard for me to pick out. I'm like, is this Anthony Michael Hall or is this uh, John or whatever his name is? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But anyways, what next, man? This song. So I mean, this is a pretty simple movie, really. It like, really simple is. like it's... scenes and yeah. Like I had a shorter amount of notes because. It's really just you're just breaking down what's happening in each like scene, but there really aren't that many scenes. We no. we have these these this group of kids who are basically every stereotype you could have at a school, just like they talk about in the open narration, and they all arrive, and you really kind of get introduced into their situation right off the bat from their interaction with their parents as they're arriving, and you you kind of hear what the expectations are yeah. for what they're going to do today, and. Anthony Michael Hall's character's parents. I, I guess I should start calling them by their character names. <laughs> I like yeah, to call them by their Brian by their by their actor names, but yeah. So I, yeah, Brian. I Brian's down. mom because yeah. he has a very uh, simple name, so I had to like write them down. Yeah. We're not like you know, long gone are the days of us talking about people like <laughs> Rice and uh, yeah, <laughs> Bex. I don't know what her name was from a strange name. Some kind of beautiful, but um. Some kind of wonderful. My bad. Oh my gosh, I'm getting our own movies that we're doing. But yeah, let's talk about that scene. I, I this it, it sets up a lot of what we're gonna kind of unravel throughout the movie. Their brief interaction with their parents. Some don't interact with their parents. Some don't have parents there at all. And uh, yep, I find it. Some don't arrive in a car at all. Exactly. We see uh, John. More like one does not arrive. In a he car. just comes walking on in. Yep. In his trench coat or his coat Old or whatever. Bender. Yep. Yeah, and. Uh, one of the ones that I think is, for me, the most affecting was uh, Allison. When she uh, gets out of the car and she's she her parents just drive off. Like, they don't say anything to her. But we, you know, that was like, ah, ouch. <laughs> yeah, she's she's probably, I would say, the biggest mystery throughout the whole thing. Oh, yeah. And even at the end, she's still, like, somewhat of a mystery. She has the least pages. I mean, she has the least pages on her script. You know, she doesn't oh, have a lot sure. of lines of dialogue, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, I mean, we get the basics of uh, 
of uh, Andrew the athlete, his dad just being like, hey, yeah, just don't get caught next time or something. It's kind of yeah. almost encouraging him. And Claire, who is a Molly Ringwald's character, just her father's like, have fun. Here's a whatever he gives her. What does he give her? <laughs> he like, gives her like a present for going to detention. I don't remember that. No, I don't recall. Huh. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, and it seems like there, there's still mysteries here because they don't say immediately like why they're all in here. These are things we're going to yeah. find out throughout the movie. And I think pretty well how it like unfurls the characters. Because that's an art, I feel like, mm-hmm. to be like, let's the how you reveal information about your characters and what pace. Because sometimes it feels too soon. Sometimes it feels too late. And so it, I think it really strikes a balance, especially when you're here's your five characters alone in a room. And so it's this is the movie. And so it, it do that feels well like the movie phone booth took a lot of notes from this movie <laughs> because I know it's, I know it's a little bit of stretch, but like the way that movie, I don't know if you remember, but the way that movie plays out there's, you know, it starts off, you have no idea. You have one inkling about the character and then you're like, as it, things are unraveled, it's like, Oh my gosh, there's like this whole other world we didn't know about. And that's definitely what this movie is. And I feel like it kind of paved the way for other movies. Like, like, look, this is, you know, a way you can play out the story. Yeah. And, you know, obviously do it in a different way, but it's like, it's just a cool concept. You know, there's so many concepts in script writing. I feel like one director does it and then, you know, the other directors mm-hmm. are kind of blessed by that by, you know, it opens up like a new way of thinking. It's always, yeah, um, always good to take notes from people who've done it before you. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, something maybe John Hughes looked at, I don't know what his movie tastes are, but, uh, 12 angry men. It's, uh, yeah, older it's a than, yeah, the yeah. guys just sitting in a room all takes place yeah. in one area, all dialogue you yeah. reveals things in the same kind of way, except mm-hmm. obviously the stakes are a little bit higher. These are teenage yep. stakes and, uh, it's translated in a really interesting way here. So, yeah. Um, I guess we're introduced to, uh, uh, Mr. Gleason's, uh, character. Uh, he plays the professor or teacher or they never really say exactly whether he's a, I mean, he, we know he's a teacher. You he's, know, he's yeah, just but, kind of a teacher, I guess. Is yeah, all we, know. we don't know if he's a principal or anything like that. Paul Gleason, yeah, I don't think so because he's not like allowed to go in those files that he's in later oh, yeah. on. So he seems to have some restrictions. I think he has like yeah, low level authority, really. Yeah, for sure. I mean, who would get Saturday detention? You know, it's like that's true. It's not going to be somebody important. Why would he want to be there? I mean, that's the thing. He seems like he's like, yeah, I get to be here. Like, and. It, and he seems like burnt out at the same time. I mean, he, at some the point, only reason I can think is because he has it out for Bender. <laughs> it's like, I want to kill this. I'm going to catch him <laughs> one day. I'm going to go to him into a fight and we're going to have it out here in this school. Let's it's going to be this great. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, I mean, I, what, what are the rules here? They, he comes in. It's like, you're not to talk. You're not to move. <laughs> you're right. A hundred, not to 000. drink water. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Which is one of the things one of the kids says. Yeah, and they're, they're uh, tasked to write a thousand-word essay about yeah. who they are. Yeah. What a strange assignment. <laughs> yeah, and how terribly I can kind of see this them. happening, though. Too. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I, I just don't. I don't understand. I don't understand who would carry this out in this way. Yeah. Uh, why uh, Gleason's character would just be like, "All right, don't move, don't talk." I'm leaving, <laughs> but look, I'm serious. I feel like I had teachers like this though. I don't, I don't know. It's just, even now, like looking back on it, it's like, why do these teachers do this? It's just, just don't want to be around them. I don't, I don't know. 
some teachers are just of a different type, I guess. <laughs> they just deal with, you know, troubled kids in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see that. That's tough. I mean, if, if you're a teacher, I mean, your, your job's already hard, obviously. And then you have kids that are, you know, misbehaving. And now you got to come in on your Saturday. So it is, I can see yeah. that just being frustrating. And it seems we get kind of get straight away, like, who the stereotypes are. I mean, they call it out. What do they say? Uh, the brain... The uh, the uh, athlete, the basket case, basket case, the princess, and the criminal. And so that, you know, brain would be Brian, athlete, Andrew, basket case, Allison, princess, Claire, criminal, John. And so it seems like um, they kind of fall into their stereotypes pretty quickly. Obviously, the basket case goes sit by herself. And uh, it seems like the athlete's comfortable enough to sit with uh, Claire right. and everything. But the thing that kicks everything off is John. We're I feel like we're going to talk a lot about John because he is obviously the biggest. This, I mean, this is John Bender show. Yeah, it like, really is. That's one of the biggest things I got away from. I got from this coming away from this. That's what I I got. And man, just I, I want to say overall, just I I was blown away by the acting by everyone in this mm-hmm. in this movie. I thought everyone did a great job. I mean, even Paul Gleason. I mean, we've seen him in a ton of movies. He, you know, playing he has, this role. He has quite, yeah. He has, <laughs> he has quite the resume of movies he's been in. Yeah, and you know, he did a great job. But especially Emilio Estevez, Anthony Michael Hall. I just, I think he always plays those characters so well. Yeah, he's just kind of born for that. I'm, I'm never going to that's one thing I will say I'm not going to complain about the acting in this movie because and there's some key moments where I'm literally like wow this is really pulling me in and we'll get to them when we get to them but like it's like fantastic job by all these guys this is why this is their moment yeah each and every this is why this movie's class cla- timeless <laughs> classic timeless movie it's because, climbless really yeah no one can climb <laughs> this movie Judd Nelson, especially, I just blew me away. I just thought John Bender was really the movie. <laughs> you yeah, know, I think he brought everyone else in because he was really the instigator in you know pretty much every situation. And yeah, definitely, he has a lot to do here. Yeah, in a good way. I feel like he he brought out who these people were, you know, because of his goading and because of his comments and mm-hmm. his point of view that you know I would say pretty much everyone disagreed with. And, yeah. you know, it was just, it was cool to see their journey from, you know, just thinking he's a scumbag to, you know, kind of seeing his side of things and yeah. opening up about their own trouble. And I don't know if I agree with what John Bender says in this movie, but I do think it's, it's good sometimes to have that kind of person to like open up conversations and like bring people out of the, you know, like class structure of rigid, like, you know, not showing emotion, not talking about what's going on. Yeah, it's the person who uh, has a point but is going about it the wrong way. But he has a lot of points and ends up like kind of smashing through some walls. That's what I'm saying. I think sometimes people need that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why the movie starts with him and ends with him. Really, I mean, he's the freeze frame at the end. It's his movie. (laughs) I mean, and and yeah, I mean, as we go on, I mean, I think uh, he's an interesting one to talk about because like they call him out. He's like, oh, when he is in class, he'll like just say mean things. He basically looks around the room (laughs) and like picks on someone, mainly Claire, like Molly Ringwald. Like I feel like John uh, John Bender in the movie will like single her out and just constantly berate her. Like the things that he says to her, ooh, pretty mean. (laughs) Yeah, him and Andrew get into it a lot, but yeah. I feel like he feels like Andrew can kind of stick up for himself a little bit. So yeah. he, it's like easier to pick on Claire. 
I don't know, man. <laughs> I think he, if I was yeah. Andrew, I'd probably react the same way. It's like just cut her a break, it's man. Like holy like, crap! <laughs> even if you're right about some of this stuff, like chill out. Yeah, like, unnecessary. The way he feels, I think, is like because as we see later, is like his home life is so terrible that no one else is can compare. So he feels like he has. All the stones to throw. One-upsman kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, you're... Especially poor Brian. Because Brian, I mean, he's he's going through some stuff we'll find out later for sure. But from most of the movie, it does seem like he has the least problems almost. Yeah. Like, he's obviously a dork and doesn't have a, the greatest social life. But he's like, he's not there because he beat someone up or anything like that. You know, you feel like his home life is decent. But we find out later there's a bit yeah. more to that. Which He's I think, getting great grades. He's getting great grades. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He does, but, but yeah, I mean, it's again. This movie is kind of difficult to talk about because there's no like, and then this, and then that. It's really yeah. just like so much dialogue, and it's hard to like nitpick every little thing they say. But there's kind of a whole like thing at the beginning where Bender is like just acting out and just being ridiculous to the teacher, and the teacher's screaming at him. Big. Scene, and then he ends up yeah. taking the screw screw out of the door and. I think that was kind of necessary to like get the privacy where you felt like they could kind of say whatever they needed to say. So all the, you know, character development could then happen later. Yeah. It's almost like he came there to do this. It's so weird. It's like, <laughs> does it, this it almost makes you think, does this happen every Saturday with whoever's else yeah. is in detention with John Bender? Could <laughs> easily I mean? make a breakfast club too. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's just in there with a different crew of misfits. But, He's gonna be in there at least two more months. We know that. <laughs> well, that's a big scene, you know, where uh, the the teacher, his name is Mr. Vernon, I think, which we've already yeah. had a Vernon character in this podcast. Yeah. But anyways, in that big scene where he's basically just mad about the door, and he's just saying the basically eat my shorts. <laughs> what did you say? I eat my. Sh- was this this was before Simpsons, wasn't it? Because that's uh, yeah, that's Bart Simpson's it's like probably catchphrase. Really close. Right? Yeah, I have to imagine. It's in the 80s. It's to be close to the beginning of Simpsons. I'll be interested to know who coined it first, Bart or John. But anyways, Probably John. This is where, how, what does he say? He's John now has three months of detention. Is that right? I got you the, for three months or something wow. like that. Yeah, something like that. Jeez. He is, keeps going, but he's so happy about it. How would you want to be there every Saturday? Every Saturday. Maybe he like doesn't work another day of the week. I don't Maybe know, Maybe he wants man. to be out of the house. I mean... Geez, we know very little about this yeah. man, but I don't know we what We know nothing's good to happen at home, so. To hang out with John Bender for three months and have him <laughs> yell at you and disrespect you and talk about I how you're close. I guess John Bender doesn't want to hang out with his dad for three months every Saturday That's either. true. Maybe he can be his new dad. I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't seem like a great guy either. I guess his honest. dad's probably home all day Saturday because he's off work maybe, so it's like an excuse to get out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very sad situation. Yeah. I mean, before they really get into it, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of them just kind of messing around. I mean, that's that's a big thing. They're just amusing yeah. themselves. Allison's biting her nails and spitting them out. She's kind of <laughs> gross here, man. Like she like draws this very nice picture. I'm like, wow, it's pretty good. And then she uses as snow her no oh, lord. Her dandruff. Her dandruff, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very gross, very memorable. It's been a. I, want to, I forgot to say this up front, but it's been a very long time since I've seen this movie. But there's a few key moments that stuck out, and a lot of this, I was just like, "Oh, I did not remember this yeah. part of the movie at all." There's a lot in there. What What is the tune they start whistling together? Is that the coach theme? What? What? Or is it Mash? No, 
Is it? I thought you would know. The Great Escape? <laughs> it, I know it's one of those things. Oh, might be The Great Escape. I think it is The now Great Escape. That. Okay. It's All right. That. Yeah. <laughs> that one. It sounds now like you guys know what it is. <laughs> now whistle along, everyone, because it does seem like there's like a chorus of whistlers. Yeah, that, was, that was a little goofy there. <laughs> yeah. That, that's one of those things where like this movie started, I was like, this is really good like straight away and then that scene happened i'm like oh, that's something we'd see in one of our lesser <laughs> seems a little forced that's one of yeah. our lesser john hughes moments that we'd see in yeah. something else i don't know <laughs> but anyways it's it yeah. comes and goes and we finally get like our first scene where the punk girl finally talks that's what i wrote down allison i just called her the punk girl, the punk girl. I, I miss them even saying her name yeah <laughs> during the movie so um Andrew and Allison go for drinks and they're kind of talking like, what do you like to drink? Vodka. <laughs> Vodka. But here's the thing. I, it, you don't believe her. Like even like, I think it's revealed so later. much of this is just like, you guys are just trying to be cool. Yeah. There's a lot of trying to impress each other, especially Allison and John. I feel like there's a lot of putting on airs and being like, I'm going to talk things up to make yeah. you think I'm badder than I am or more of a freak than I am. Which is, Kind of true to real life, though, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, high school, especially. I can remember high school it being a lot like that. Yeah, there was like weird, the weirder people in school would like play up how weird they oh, were. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, oh, yeah. It, and, you know, like a lot of the, the goths I knew or whatever, but then you like, you, you kind of know them a little bit and inside they're big softies, you know. Anything to just, get attention, man. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the name of the game in high school. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It really is. And you, so, just, you just want friends. I mean, honestly, that's, I think, kind of the theme of this whole movie. It's mm-hmm. like, I just want attention so that I can get friends, so that I can get more attention. Exactly. Yeah. And you see that Allison craves it. You know, we find out later that her parents, yeah. like her big thing is her parents ignore her. She's ignored. It's very sad, you know, because when, when uh, their parents drive away, she was going to approach them and they just speed off. Uh, that, yeah, it's real sad. It's like hard to even imagine. It's oh my a weird gosh. way to treat your child. Yeah, so she acts like an outcast because she's treated like an outcast yeah. but she also acts she overdoes it to get attention which yeah. she craves and who a little wouldn't? bit of a product of her environment there yeah so it's hard to make a character like that very understandable but she is but yeah i mean she is again as you said the most slowly unfurled as this movie goes on <laughs> even at the end i do feel like she's the one we know the least about yeah very much so yeah yeah we'll talk about it more <laughs> Um, I, I put something down. Maybe you'll remember more about Brian. He's talking about his girlfriend in Niagara. What, like, what is he talking about? It, it's He's saying the, he lost his virginity, I guess, to a girl in Niagara. Was that what he was talking about? Yeah, he was saying something. He was trying. He's obviously very much at the beginning, at least, trying to like Brian's trying to impress John. Like that oh, that funny scene where he's, yeah. John takes off a jacket and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna do it." Oh no, oh, sorry. So he's like, kind of <laughs> every time John's kind of carrying on, he's like, he's like snickering a little bit, trying to pick, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. But then he he starts making up stories basically to impress him, saying he's not a virgin, but. And he gets in trouble with Claire. Trying to, he's, oh, you you been with her? You know that scene. He's just trying to hide the fact that he's you know he's innocent. And he's a virgin at this point in high school. I like so. this because it's so relatable. Yeah. Like, I just I remember seeing this when I was growing up. This exact oh, yeah. same kind of thing. Like, kids like saying something that's just completely ridiculous, and it's like. Really? Are you serious? Really? <laughs> really? He's like, really. no, you're just 15. That's what you are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's no way any of you're this is really true. You're not really lying. You're just 15. <laughs> you have a very short reach. You're very young. You, there's not much you can do. <laughs> but to be yeah, honest. You're just saying things. <laughs> just to try to be more interesting. 
Yeah, there's a lot of that with a lot of our characters. There's only a couple, which I feel like some of them say BS the least, which are probably Claire and uh, Andrew. They kind of do sort. They're they're hmm, they're kind of. I feel like a lot has been given to them. You know, very much for him and talent, and for her and money. Yeah, it's like they're almost kind. They're almost the most trapped and feel the most trapped into their situation. Which uh, even though they're. Probably they're honest for the most part, but they're probably some of the most trapped people in the movie, as far as like social standings are concerned. Yeah, it's funny how that works. It's like, no matter what side of the fence you are on, you know, you feel you feel trapped. And yeah, you feel like you want to be somewhere else. A few interesting things happen here that I thought were funny. So they end up getting lunch, you know, after like uh, uh, Mr. Vernon coming in, basically. Yeah. <laughs> The pixie stick sandwich. A lot of gross stuff going on Captain here. Captain Crunch. That is nasty. Like what? That is world? some elf shenanigans Ugh. going on there. And I think it's very funny how they all make fun of Claire for eating sushi, where it's commonplace now. But back in the like the eighties and nineties, yeah. like stuff like sushi and bottled water, like you'd make be made fun of, like as being like a yuppie and like you know. Uh, prim and proper if you had sushi and the bottled water and seltzer the water. The only thing I was thinking there though was I would not put sushi in like a box and like bring it I just do not feel like it would stay cold enough. Sushi doesn't keep very well. Uh, it didn't seem like they had a fridge or anything like that. I like, mean I would want so much ice in that thing with it. Yeah no I, I no sushimi maybe because it's mainly a lot of fish but like that combined with the rice and seaweed it doesn't work very well. I don't generally just have sushi bring for cooked lunch. fish <laughs> yeah. if you're going to bring fish. I mean, I guess at that time it would have been like, does she have her own cook or something like that? I can't. She's not going to bento's or anything like like something I would do. Gas station sushi. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, probably not something I'd do. Yeah, and, uh, Andrew has like fifteen sandwiches. <laughs> this is a proper lunch. <laughs> I'm talking about Bri- oh, Brian soup yeah. and his. Uh... This is a proper lunch, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So what are we having today, Bry? Oh <laughs> yeah, what he says. <laughs> John just comes and takes his meal, of course, you know, and then goes to make fun of Brian again for having a perfect family. Or before yeah. things get very dark, when he describes yeah. his own family. Yeah, this is kind of around that part, though, isn't it, or is it later? Well, when he yeah. like stands up on the table and like goes on and on about. Let me t- tell you a day in the Bender household. Yeah, because he stands up at first. He's like, "Oh, Brian, good to see you, boy." Oh, yeah, and he like makes right. one of them, and he's like, "All right, how about your family?" And he's like, "Oh, my family." And so basically talking about yeah. him getting the crap beat out of yeah. him by his dad and his mom, kind of <laughs> pitching in pretty much. And yeah, doesn't look good. And it's interesting, Andrew. Because who could blame him? Andrew doubts him because, yeah, who can blame him? Again, he is playing up everything. But, no, he shows him the cigar burn yeah. on his hand. And he's like, ooh. Which, I, honestly, he could have done himself. Oh. I mean, Easily. It wouldn't be that surprising. I think it was a birthmark. <laughs> I do this all the time. I do this every Saturday. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple little things that I had noted that we kind of missed before this. Um mm. Bender kind of went on this whole big thing talking about Molly and how she was going to be fat and how she clears the fat girl's name is what he says. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, he goes into a lot more detail too. And it's like, I don't know. It seemed a little unnecessary there. It's kind of like what we were saying about him, like picking on her. This was like, I think one of the worst parts here in the beginning. Yeah. Cause he doesn't have a point. 
Like that's the thing. Usually yeah. he'll have a point, but then he takes it too far. But here he's just being mean, and he just does seems that to have right a bone then. to pick, and he just really keeps picking on Claire. Yeah, he wants to tear her down. He yeah. wants to bring her down and make him feel good about himself. And so he he talks about he's she, and she's clearly like you know thought of as pretty, and she is pretty, but like he'll basically say, oh no, you're going to be fat or you were fat or something like that, saying a bunch yeah. of really mean stuff, yeah. very mean spirited, but yeah. Gross, but yeah, every now and then he'll do something that's completely unnecessary. And it, it seems like a lot of these, at least two of these scenes that I remember, there's something lighthearted happening, and then Bender just like turns. Yeah. You know, he turns the scene immediately dark. Um, and like right after that, Emilio, I keep using their real names, Andrew. That's fine. <laughs> Andrew says to John, like, if we were out on the streets, I'd waste you, man. And Bender's like, you wouldn't want to meet me out in the streets because I'd kill you. Yeah, they get in a little uh, old so. physical altercation where he actually wrestles them down. But he got a switchblade. Yeah, he says that basically to show that if we really got into it, I'd be willing to pull out a knife and kill you, kind yeah. of. Which doesn't surprise anybody. <laughs> Not really. Not really. Yeah. But like after he like holds his story about <laughs> about what he's done what his home life is and he walks off kind of mad because Andrew didn't believe him which you know but uh it kind of like just cuts and it's like oh now we're on a mission <laughs> yeah and they go to a, the locker yeah is that is that what we're talking about yeah they go to the locker because yeah. he wants to get his weed it's such a weird thing <laughs> yeah and so, like, it is weird, I think, like, but I think, but he does seem like the kind of character who will, like, flip out one moment and they'd be like, hey, guys, come on, we got some yeah. stuff to do. Let's whatever. be buddies again. Let's be buddies again. And so, yeah, they, that, not much to this. There's a lot of, like, Scooby Doo running around. And they're running around, yeah, avoiding the teacher. Yeah. But I think this is kind of all just set up to, like, show another side of John here because then he, like, sacrifices himself yeah. for the group. Yeah. So I think that was kind of a turning point in their whole relationship because it was like they saw that John had a heart, I think, at this point. It's like, wow, okay. You know, he's willing to sacrifice himself and now go into the broom closet. Yeah. Because he let us get away and he went crazy running around. Yeah. And I I think this is when Mr. Vernon is like, it becomes like, oh, he's an understandable teacher. But now he's like, oh, he's taking it too far. He's saying things he shouldn't. Way too far. Yeah. He's putting him in a closet, obviously. And he's uh, wanting to get into an altercation, but he wants him to take the first swing. Yeah. Even John's kind of put back by this. He's like, wait, what's going on? Yeah. And he's like, you know, hit me. Come on, do it. And he doesn't do it. He's just kind of, I don't know if uh, I don't know if he's scared of him. He just kind of knows that that's what he wants. I think. Yeah. And so he's not going to give it to him. And I think he also knows that that would be like a bridge too far. Where you'd go probably to go to prison. Yeah, yeah. you're going to juvie or prison yeah. or whatever. So yeah, he just doesn't do it. But he escapes immediately. So <laughs> straight through the ceiling panel. Yeah. And comes crashing through the roof. <laughs> the teacher can't figure it out. Mister Vernon's very bad at his job. <laughs> <laughs> They've been talking nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and moving nonstop. Yeah. And now they're about to smoke weed. <laughs> yeah, a lot of his threats are pretty empty. Very empty. Yeah, I'm going to be cracking skulls if I have to come in here again. You're not going to be no, cracking skulls. You're just going to yell at people. You're just going to yell more. And we don't yeah. see him again. That's it. Like after he locks John in the closet, we don't really see him again until the end of the movie. I mean, we talked to, we forgot to mention the janitor, which there's very few characters in this movie. So like Carl, Carl, Carl right? yeah, yeah, his name's Carl. I mean, he only he has only a couple scenes where he comes in to basically say, 
oh yeah, you guys look down on me because I'm the janitor, ha ha. But I actually see your lives. I see what you do. And so he's like the, I'm the wise janitor kind of thing. <laughs> and then later he'll have a heart to heart with uh, Mr. Vernon. Yeah, which I feel like is kind of something that Mr. Vernon needed a little bit. Yeah. Carl has a perspective that I think Mr. Vernon kind of respects a little bit. Because mm-hmm. he knows he kind of knows things. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you're stressed out, but yeah, you're also out of touch, you know, and yeah. you've gotten too used to this job or something. And you care like that. so much about what these kids think of you, obviously. Yeah, obviously. But that's pretty much it as far as Carl goes and Mr. Vernon until the end of the movie. But it's right now, I think it's rightfully so. I think we're about to get some of the best stuff yeah. in the movie as they, as, as they get high, so does the quality of the movie. <laughs> As you might say. Yeah, the teacher and the janitor are very much a setup for kind of this part of the movie, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they just, I guess they kind of get high. That's kind go of into each other's stuff. And, I mean, they, that's, yeah. it's interesting. They do but, like a dance thing, but yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, there's a bit of a dance where, oh, yeah, I didn't like that, where Andrew's dancing around and he screams and breaks the <laughs> glass door. He's like, ah, <laughs> kind of weird. But <laughs> they said that it was originally scripted for only. Um, Molly Ringwald to dance. Okay. But she felt uncomfortable, so they rescripted it for everyone. Huh. All right. Which I kind of like better. I think that would have yeah. been kind of weird if she was just dancing by it herself. It was just her. Yeah. yeah. Man, they get a lot. They get a, they, they do so much. They break a lot of rules in this movie. I mean, not, <laughs> not, not to mention they're smoking some of that weed. Yeah. How would you not smell that? <laughs> I know. There was a room filled with smoke. So <laughs> Weed has a strong smell. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know if someone's smelling it like a mile away. Yeah. Even in the basement, they would definitely be smelling it. I'm sorry. Yeah, There's no way. As, as they go through their stuff, I mean, we get some 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 tidbits here. We we find out kind of more about Allison that she has her bag packed full of crap in case, she, as she said, in case she just decides to up and run away. She um, steals Brian's wallet and acts like she's psychic. <laughs> says everything about him. That's when she starts talking the most. Pretty funny because yeah. this is when she starts talking. It's like it's almost like she wanted to talk, but now it's like okay, now I'm going to interject myself and I'm going to talk from now on, and we're like more than halfway into the movie. Yeah, before this, she says very little. Yeah, she's uh, yeah, she's a mystery. Yeah, but it seems that Andrew um, has some sort of connection with her and is has some sort of pull towards her, um, which. Uh, it's Don't. almost like that's kind of part of what this whole thing is. It's like just to set the guys up with like yeah. the girls a little it, bit. It's, it's strange. You can see it, it, it but you, you don't see a lot of reason for it. Like towards like the beginning, they'll give each other looks. Like for instance, when Molly Ringwald, uh, Claire was going on about <laughs> her parents and how they're getting divorced or whatever. And they live apart and or you know, and stuff like that. And then Allison, like the first thing she said is, ha. Huh, when she like like laughs at her or something yeah. and and like that's the point Andrew looks at her and smiles because he's like yeah she was feeling as he yeah. said you were feeling sorry for yourself and she like I don't know it's kind of strange <laughs> but anyways yeah. you get stuff like that and every now and then Claire will look at John he'll give him some yeah. goo goo eyes after something he says very strange yeah and there's clearly a reason he's been picking on her the whole time too it's like yeah. classic high school behavior. Pick on the girl that you like. The old <laughs> just to the get her attention. In the inkwell, yeah. you know. Oh man, it's not. That's, the, that's a rough one. <laughs> we're not the twin. We're not in the twenties. <laughs> I don't know if anyone has inkwell. Yeah. <laughs> if they do, 
There you go. All right. There's my <laughs> reference, everyone. Oh, my gosh. They kind of start, like, the serious conversation with, like, what would you do with a million dollars? Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's just like they cut to, like, the middle of that. And they're like, what would you do with a million dollars? Whatever. Yeah. So strange. Yeah. Like, I actually don't distinctly remember their answers. but Well, I, I think, like, uh, Andrew says as little as possible is what he would do. And, yeah. like... Uh, <laughs> And, and Claire says something doesn't make sense. You're like, what? You wouldn't like show up to school naked? And you're like, what? What does that have to do with having a million dollars? Could you like buy everyone into forgetting? Like, I'm going to pay you a thousand dollars if you never mention this again, but I am rich. So I'm going to do but this. What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. And then Allison's like, I'll, I would do it, of course, again, to kind of get a rise she and the makers. Do it. Yeah, I would do it. I wouldn't even need to be paid. I was yeah. like, well, why didn't you have done it already? But anyways. I know a lot of people in high school like her. I feel like of all these people, I've known more Allisons than anything. People who would be like, say, the most outlandish thing, especially when I went to the public school here. Just so many yeah. people just being like, oh, yeah, I don't care. Oh, yeah, I'll do that crazy thing. It's like, you know, what? <laughs> yeah, and if you did, you'd probably regret it. Yeah, big conversations here. They go, they like get it Allison out of. Allison really gets into like a whole tirade here. Yeah. Talking about her shrink and having sex with him. She's a nymphomaniac yeah. or something like that. But again, here we go. She's lying. She was doing this. To, so, All of it. Yeah. Spaloni. It was so she could get Molly, Claire, to uh, admit that she's a virgin, which is for some reason everyone's just trying to get it out. Say it. Say it, Claire. Answer the question. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. None of your business. I know. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Do you want somebody doing that to you too? Like... My gosh. I know. Gosh. I mean, like, like even like uh, Brian was doing him like he was embarrassed about being a virgin, too. So why is he doing this? But, yeah, we kind of get a lot of the, the reasons at this point as to why they're in here uh, for the most part. Uh, you're going to have to help me out here, Luke. Well, they have a like conversation about uh, what each other can do. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. It's, it's funny. I like the way this it almost feels like this was a one shot just oh yeah that's another thing i was going to mention like in this part what i thought was interesting they said they filmed this movie like consecutively each scene was just filmed one after another wow like, that's the way they did it so it almost feels like this part right here is like a one shot it's just let's sit down and do the scene you know maybe they had to do it a couple times but i always think it's cool when there's like a really important yeah. scene that's just like one solid like just time where it's like we're just here. There's no, you know, reshooting and like changing things. And I could see this shoot being a day. You know, I could see it being like this is because like you'd have to be. I feel like what they do here, they really get these kids in an emotional state. And I feel like yeah. taking a day to just have this conversation to get into this place uh, probably is maybe something along the lines of how it yeah. happened. That's how I that's the feel I get because you do feel in this moment. With them because it, we spend a lot of time here. I mean, like, how many even days was this movie filmed? I don't know. You know, all together. Like, I wouldn't think along. No, I wouldn't think so either. It doesn't see, feel it's something that way, you can do in a week, honestly, if if everyone did their jobs right. Yeah, and and so we get uh, who does who did we get first? Uh, Andrews, as to uh, why he's here, and man, uh, this is this is fantastic. I, I will I will definitely all the say pressure this. he's been feeling. Yeah, and yeah. what he did, how he. Um, how he uh, basically beat up a kid for no reason, yeah. just, to, just so his just so his father would like his friends would laugh and his father would respect him more because his father did that crap when he was in high school, and he like the, the when he put like himself 
in the other kid's shoes and empathize with him going home to his father. Really affecting. And I think... And it almost sounds like he was even thinking that as he was doing it. Yeah. It's like how he refers to it, which is interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Estevez is uh, really emotional here. I think it's uh, it's all coming through uh, across as genuine. I think it's it's very good. It's this would have been his Oscar scene. Yeah, I think this is some of the best I've seen from him as an actor. I mean, I haven't seen. <laughs> I'm not a, a Emilio Avestinez aficionado, but I've <laughs> seen a good number, and this is probably yeah. one of the best I've seen him do. Yeah, I'd say so. And uh, and I think even the uh, same thing with uh, with Brian here, where we get his scene. I think even more so, which with like. Well, so you actually skipped over a couple things. That's what I was saying. Oh, earlier. I'm sorry. So. Um, they, when they're talking about what each other can do, they're like, mm, have their little talents. Yeah. And then Claire shows that she can put on the lipstick. And then Bender gets into what I think is kind of an important scene there where, like, he just attacks her for, like, no freaking reason. Oh, my God. Like, she put on lipstick, like, what, between her boobs or something? And it's like, and then he, like. He mocks her. Yeah. Like. He does a slow clap, the mocking clap. And, yeah, like, what, Allison's, what, like, what why? Was it, what was his justification for that? You remember? He just does it. Like, I don't think, like, how he does it, it's like he promised he wouldn't laugh. Allison's like, how freaking could you? You promised. You swore. And he's like, you know, basically that's him. Oh, screw you. I can do that to you because this is your life. This is the worst kind of crap you could go, you grow through. And so, like, I feel justified, like, doing pretty much, like, all this mean stuff to you. It's like because of the hurt I feel because of my situation, I'm going to now personify that on you. Because I think you need to feel some of this hurt, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very good stuff. There's a lot of that. I mean, that's really just the theme of John Pender. Oh, yeah. He wants to push that hurt outwards. Yeah, yeah and, and I think, like, uh, it, during a moment later, I think, I don't know if it's before or after Brian shares his story, basically about him, like, what do you want? He, wants, he gets an F in shop, and he wants to commit suicide over it. And so... Yeah. <laughs> It's like it turns to the levity very quickly when you yeah. find out kind of how he was planning on doing it with a flare gun, which is one of those things I was like, I was very upset set by this scene. And then I was very much like <laughs> when he said flare gun, because that's hilarious. Where, where do you kind of land on this? I, I have a hard time deciding what I feel about the way they did this. The, the way, way they turned well, it. The way John it. Hughes, I guess, scripted this. Yeah, I was like, would I have enjoyed it more if they just kept it serious and like, you know, they just kept like a heaviness on the movie by doing that. Or did I like the fact that they turned it more levity and they laughed it off in the end? Because it's like, obviously that's almost as serious of a subject as you could possibly bring yeah. up. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I don't know this to me, this movie is such a mixed bag of like, this is a very serious movie about serious issues, you know, that the kids now deal with, obviously like mm-hmm. things haven't changed in 30 years, but, uh, yeah, then there's also like these things that, you know, you laugh at and there's these dance scenes and so I don't know. I think yes and no, Luke. I think um did the scene work with that joke? Yes. Did it undercut the serious of the situation and it like did not give it yeah. the, the you know, tragedy that it deserves? Yes, it definitely did that too. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely You're describing the way I kind of feel about it. I'm yeah, not, it worked. I'm not sure if I would have I don't you know, I don't know. <laughs> Whether I definitely would have wished that it had just been a serious thing, yeah, or that they didn't turn it, I, I don't know. It's yeah, exactly. I was like, in watching it, I felt the same way, you know, because yeah. like you're like, man, like 
I wanted to like feel yeah. really bad for him and everything in that moment. I was ready to buy everything that he was saying. And I do. It's not like I'm like, cause he's still, I mean, he's still just talking about killing himself. So yeah, yeah it's funny that his like locker burned up with a flare gun, but yeah. he's still like, he's taking this seriously and yeah, it was, he he's wanted to do it, you know, dealing with like a serious depression. Yeah. It's extremely serious. Um, I do. I don't feel like, I left that scene rolling my eyes over it, being like, "Oh, geez, they undercut it with a joke." And yeah. I, like, I, it was like they didn't need to do that. But yeah, I still, I still felt him. I still felt his, uh, his situation. And I think that's the acting. If the acting wasn't as good as it was, I think I'd probably have. <laughs> if it didn't feel, if you didn't, if you didn't sell that pain, I think I wouldn't have. You know, I think the joke would have really ruined yeah. it. <laughs> but the fact that Anthony Michael Hall is like really bearing a soul here and like uh, I didn't know he could bring like I was seeing the level of how everyone else would bring it in this scene and I wasn't sure he was going to be able to rise to that because I just haven't seen it before I've, I've seen him mainly comedic and a lot of these movies we've seen I haven't seen him be this dramatic at all and so yeah and I think even more so when uh, they talk about really good conversation about well, like basically what about Monday you know we're here on Saturday yeah. I consider you guys friends what happens on Monday when we go back yeah. to school and all of our, the social norms uh, get reset, and yeah. uh, the and the fact that um, that's really that that conversation is actually what really <laughs> leads into Brian's. That's right. Talk about yeah. the gun, but oh yeah, because <laughs> she yeah. Claire I, I would says, never do that to you guys. You, you don't know, know what says pressure something like that. Yeah. I'm going through, and he's like, "Screw you! You yeah. have no idea about pressure or whatever." And yeah. he says, "What kind of pressure he's feeling?" So yeah, very good here. All this, this this whole conversation kind of to me like shows you like what like the theme of this movie is and it's i would say it's like self-worth you know it's like how each of these people like describe their self-worth and how they value themselves and brian's is obviously super tied to his grades and Mm -hmm. you know john bender i think has his self-worth completely destroyed because you know the way his dad treats him he feels like he doesn't care about him and andrew feels like his dad only cares about him you know by the way he performs in his athletics and yeah if he doesn't act out then his dad doesn't think he's cool and you know obviously um claire you know it's hard to even know like what it's like it's like your friends about money and it's like her friends she doesn't feel actually care about her they only want to hang out with her because she's the cool princess type and allison i mean man she's got got a lot of problems yeah i don't know how much self-worth she has but she has no self-worth because she has no parents who like show her that she's worth something Mm -hmm. so I think that's just something that I kind of thought of there with Brian because yeah. it's so obvious that like my self-worth because I have no friends, I have no like support network, you know, my parents care about me, but I have no like friends to like help me out. So like all I care about is my grades because that appeases my parents. Yeah. I mean, and uh, it kind of revealed like in kind of like what they want. It seems like in the way he kind of goes around is like, would you talk to me? Would you talk to me? Yeah. And like, mixed response in the fact that Claire says um no probably not yep. and that's everyone kind of turns on her there like uh, uh, Andrew gives a wishy-washy answer Allison's like yeah absolutely I don't have any friends so yeah, yeah. sure <laughs> and John he's pissed when he when Claire says that he's like, he calls her the b word and just yeah. goes on a tirade and yeah a lot a lot of stuff going on here I'm not really sure how it resolves either um Final thing I remember is they get a they get a laugh out of the fact that Allison had nothing better to do. Oh yeah, that's why she came. That's why she's to there. Did she just tell her parents? Oh, I have detention today, 
And then Mr. Vernon's like, like oh, uh, come on in. <laughs> something like so. that. You'd think he'd turn around at the door or something, but yeah, and more the merrier. <laughs> this is a question I have because we're getting a little bit towards like the end here. Did they reveal why Claire is in detention? I do, for the life of me, do not remember. John, I don't feel like I need to know. I feel like he, any given day he could be in detention, but I do not remember why Claire is in detention. I was like, okay, he's in there for being number yeah. two. He's in there for that. I don't know if it's even said. I don't have any notes about it, so. Me neither. I was like kind of looking for it. Maybe it was just a small drop line. Maybe it was the beginning with her parents. I didn't rewind the tape, so. <laughs> Now I want to know. <laughs> yeah, I'm very curious. We'll we'll edit it in. I no, cannot remember. <laughs> but yeah, uh, t- we're towards the end here. It's like, what do we wrap up with? I mean, like, <sighs> at, at this point, Andrew kind of writes the. At, at some point in here, we kind of missed that Claire went into the closet with John, and obviously they did something. I guess made out or yeah, had sex or whatever or they did. Um, so I, I take I, it that, that, that they puts had them sex together. Yeah, and, uh, I think while that's kind of going on, um, Brian writes the the whole thousand word essay. Or yeah, I they, guess he makes it a paragraph. Basically, they they task him to do it. Be like basically write it for all. There's of no us. point in all of us writing them. Yeah, that, yeah, it does sound like they're just kind of <laughs> just trying to get out of it. Yeah. And uh, Claire gives Allison a makeover. And man, That's right. yeah. and Andrew likes that man. He's like, giggity, giggity. Yeah, he. She, I don't know. This, it seems like she cut her hair too, or maybe she just pulled it really tight back, or something like that. She had super long hair, and it yeah. was really short. There, maybe she just pulled it back. I don't know how girl hair works. But, <laughs> she does look good here. Yeah, she looks great. <laughs> it's a good change. Good change. But um, yeah, I mean, to kind of wrap up with the with the uh, letter and them walking away. Uh, Andrew and Allison kiss. Yeah. <laughs> it shows like a whole different dynamic when they walk out to the cars versus the morning. Yeah. And, I would uh, never do this in front of my parents. Like I, I would never kiss a girl or even go up and like talk to her in front of my parents. Cause I know the conversation parents that I would have to have. Who is that? Yeah. And then you yeah. got to talk to him about it for the next half hour. Great. <laughs> even I don't know what's going on next. We did. We met literally eight hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, when uh, Claire gives John uh, her earring, um, that's when I was like, okay, yeah. they they had sex. <laughs> that's the whole like I'm giving you this this thing, this token, or whatever. I'm giving you this part yeah. of me, or whatever. Uh, for and they had talked have. about those earlier in the movie. Those earrings. Those earrings. Yeah, yeah, they sure did. Uh, but yeah, they uh, Andrew and uh, Claire. Uh, no, Andrew and uh, Allison get together. John and Claire get together, and. Uh, Brian gets to write the poor Brian, poor Brian. <laughs> thousand word essay. <laughs> it doesn't feel like Brian's situation improves in this movie. Not as much because I mean, I guess maybe Allison. I guess he might feels like he made some friends, but yeah, they told him they're not going to talk to him. So he made a he made an important connection, which I, yeah. I feel like, and, and maybe learned something about himself and society. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get the famous, you know, throw up the hand. <laughs> He's so excited yeah. about it. I mean, is the guy had sex or <laughs> what's he? He's like, yeah, I disrupted. I disrupted. I completed my mission. The lives of these four people, <laughs> which was kind of, I mean, he kind of did complete his mission. Yeah. But yeah, there are our theme song plays, which yeah, the theme song of this movie. <clears throat> yep. In the great song. Over. Yeah. Great song. Any, any, uh, post-credit scenes, Luke? 
No, I think I looked it up to double check because I didn't <laughs> want to miss that. But yeah, I didn't. No, I don't believe so. I didn't stay till after. But yeah, final thoughts. Oh man, uh, what do you think? I think we ended with the best one. I think this is. I wasn't sure because again, this is. It's been a very long time since I've seen this one. So going into it, I didn't really expect that it was going to be as good as it was. This is a very very good movie and i think yeah this is john hughes best work and it's one of his earlier ones so it's like it's interesting looking back to the movies that we reviewed before and kind of almost seeing certain situations where he sometimes chases this and runs from it in certain ways like i don't want to be mr black breakfast club but also i kind of want to reach that height that i did but i feel like it's this is the best example of what he can do with teens what he can do with characters and yeah it's it's very good. Good acting, good writing. Everything feels... It, it's the most natural a movie that he yeah. has made has ever felt. It doesn't feel... Sometimes his movies have the tendency to feel very manufactured. This one definitely feels uh, very natural just uh, in the performances and in the writing. And so, yeah, I mean, I... If you haven't seen this one, I don't know why you've sat through this podcast listening to us spoil it, but uh, you know, I, I strongly recommend anyone check out this movie. It's very good. It's 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 got the eighty stuff that you'd want, but it's not just that. I think this is timeless. I think this works whenever. Absolutely, um, yeah. I think this was clearly John Hughes' best movie by far. I I, I mean, you've kind of said it all, but <laughs> it bears repeating. I think with this movie, it's just. So many of the things that I feel like he did wrong in so many of the movies that we've seen, it's like, you know, that movie, the movie that I'm, the movies that I'm thinking of, The Great Outdoors, um, Uncle Buck, you know, these movies were great. I enjoyed these movies, Mm -hmm. but you know, a lot of, I think there was a lot of like flow issues and, you know, maybe there was some scenes that it was just like, they felt unneeded. So they kind of like detracted from the whole movie and all the things it did wrong, I felt like this movie got right. Like he, he cut the fat from this movie, you know, completely. It was just, it was streamlined. Here's your characters. Here's your development. Here's your culmination of emotion. Here's, you know, your conclusion and it left you feeling good. And, you know, it was yep. kind of, it was enough. It was, it was one of your favorite things. It's one day in one love place. Yeah. <laughs> love those kind of movies. And, uh, I wish he had stuck to that more. It it is interesting, like you said, that this was one of his early ones, and yet I feel like so many of the mistakes were made in the late '90s in yeah. some of these other movies. It's like they were still good movies, but they just weren't the complete package like this. It's like it just it addressed things that I think more movies should address. You know, important issues that kids deal with, it, and in an interesting way. So. I would say this was definitely his masterpiece of all, you know, his movies. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like something that, like, looking back, is uh, he's sometimes struggled to say something like something more than entertaining you. Like, she's yeah. having a baby. You know what I mean? That movie, he's clearly trying to say something, but he's having a hard time getting it across. But here, yeah, something about like early marriage, something about having yeah. kids. It's just like he obviously had some opinion there, but yeah. It just didn't work very well. Yeah. But here, I mean, he, he he definitely said something here. and Well done. Yeah, for sure. Timeless themes in this movie. So, great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that is it. I, I was thinking back on this, and we said we were going to take November off. Actually, people are going to hear this, you know, now next week, which is <laughs> obviously a week into November. So, we're going to be a little off on the timing that I was talking about earlier, but 
anyways, we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus here and mm-hmm. we're going to come back for Christmas and celebrate Jordan and I's favorite time of the year with some great classic movies from Mr. Hughes. So thank you guys for joining us. Uh, next week, we're going to do Home Alone. Next week. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> our next episode will next be Home episode. Alone. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Looking forward to it. I can hear those jingle bells already. <laughs> that Home Alone theme. Our boy, boy right. McCauley's back. <laughs> I'm excited. Absolutely. Thank you guys for joining us. See ya. See ya.